I only wish I told him sooner. Maybe then he would have understood. About a thing like that? Losing his child to a bunch of loonies before the kid's even born? Ellie. No, I don't care. I'm proud of Ryan. I just wish he'd taken the Guardian out. So welcome to Series 3, Episode 21 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining my podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 21, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis were read out by Liz. Ryan's fate is decided, leading Tysan to step up her own plan for the Guardian. Ned and his family find themselves in over their heads, and the rebels continue their search for the Chosen's fuel dump. Alright, panel. In the aftermath of the attack, Luke apologizes to the Guardian for the lapse in security. However, the Guardian is simply frustrated to have been denied martyrdom, especially when Ryan himself is to be executed. Perhaps you think me unworthy. Is that it? Unworthy? To sit by Zoot's side for all eternity. Whereas this Ryan, this unhappy mall rat, deserves to die? Guardian, you are more than worthy. But Zoot needs you here on Earth to do his will. Yes, well... Now, Ryan has a head start on us all. See to it. Yes, Guardian. Luke Ravis suggests that Ryan's strength could be put to use in the mines, and tells Celine that's where he's been sent. But to keep this to herself, as if the Guardian finds out, then Luke, of course, will be killed. And yeah, uh, this sequence of events, I want to talk about this, because it felt like we missed the Guardian's final decision to keep Ryan alive off-screen, or was this really Luke actively defying the Guardian openly here? Or... The third option, was this all a lie in order to supplicate Celine? Like, what was your take on this scene? This is actually really confusing because we see him convince the Guardian to send Ryan to the mines. And we see the Guardian agree, like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever, you know. And then he tells Celine like, it's a big secret. And that implies that Ryan, that Luke is doing it against the Guardian's wishes and so he's telling her to make her feel better, but he doesn't want her, you know, don't let that get out because the guardian is actually ordered him to be killed or something. So I'm like, is this, mm. it, it did, like you said, did we miss a scene where the guardian decided, well, that's a nice suggestion, Luke, but no, I want him, you know, burned on the stake or whatever. Or was he saying that you can't say it out loud because the guardian would rather people think think that Ryan has been executed mm -hmm. and doesn't want anyone to think that he's soft by sending him to the mines. Maybe that's what he means. I think it's most likely something like that. It's, you know, yeah, the Guardian agreed, but he wasn't very enthusiastic about the idea. And I think coming from Luke towards Celine, if, 
you know, if you would go to sleep with a, oh, hey, I saved your husband. Yeah, you feel free to tell everyone that uh, your husband tried to kill the guardian and he got away with it. He just got sent to the mines. That would send a wrong message to everyone else. And even if the guardian did agree to, you know, put Ryan to better use, I don't think he'd want someone like Celine to know that her husband was still alive. I mean, I I, I don't even think the guardian really knows Celine mm. like at all. It's more a seasonal rat, random all yeah. rat. <laughs> I mean, it is just a bit weird because, like, as as you say, as, as the beginning, like he was like he was frustrated himself that like, he he didn't die in that battle and joined Zoo. So it kind of makes sense that like, he would later go on. Okay, yeah, you know what, you're all right. I'll we'll keep Ryan alive. Just use him in the mines. But it just that scene just wasn't there for some reason. I don't know if it was cut or edited wrong or just continue. Oh, yeah, it's just weird. It just didn't flow properly. I I think it's like Celine, uh, Sabine said. I think it's more the Guardian agreed to it, but it, it's not like he wants it to be public knowledge that this guy isn't going to be put to death. It's just more, I, I don't know why he agrees to it so much, hmm. you know, given his mood and um, the fact that he's just, he's pretty testy, rightly so. He just got his face kicked in deservedly but you know it's gonna put you in a mood but you know so i don't know why he even agreed to luke's suggestion that they save brian but um you know whatever he's it does make sense he wouldn't want anyone to know that he's actively not killing this person who attacked him that yeah that does make sense it, it would make it, him it look actually weak. does yeah it, it, mm-hmm. it, it would make would, him look if... weak and you know it's even even if brian is useful or his strength is useful. Yeah, it's not something you want your basically your captives to know that you're um, open to finding ways to keep them alive. No, you're absolutely right about that. The only pushback against that is obviously the two things that, that a we, the garden has shown that he doesn't really care much about mm-hmm. outward appearances towards him anymore. And the second reason is Luke was quite like that wasn't that didn't feel like an act. He felt like he was. Like telling Selene the truth, like I, I will be killed if he yeah. finds this out. Yeah, I didn't feel like a, a lie. Do you think he was lying? No, I, I, I think Luke felt that maybe the Guardian was like, ah, okay, you just you know, the Guardian is a finicky kind of person. He changes his mind quite often. Mm. I think Luke just saw his chance to save Ryan in that way, and doesn't want it getting back to the Guardian that he indeed saved Ryan because you know. If the Guardian's got his knickers in a twist, he'll suddenly be mad at Luke for doing what he was allowed to do. Maybe Luke is hoping that once Brian is out of sight, that the Guardian, as you said, who is yeah. very finicky yeah. and just all over the map, will forget about him. So it's like, don't say anything, because once Ryan's out of here, he may not think about him again. And if you mention it, if Ryan is brought back up in conversation, you know, he may t- turn his ire back toward him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the guardian is so all over the map that, you know, you know, Luke just tried to strike where the iron was hot, got lucky. And is like, okay, I'm telling you this to comfort you, but shut your mouth. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. ever say anything about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty interesting scene. I think, I think all of you are right in terms of he wanted to keep it hush-hush so he doesn't want to seem weak, not only to the captors, but I personally think it's to the other uh, chosen members, mm-hmm. uh, not for the ones that are in the, the mall, but I guess the ones that are outside that are kind of patrolling the city and all this stuff because I think they still kind of believe that he's uh, invincible or their tribe is still invincible. 
and um, any kind of, uh, I guess, doubt within that will kind of break down the barriers that he has on the city. So, yeah, it's kind of weird that they wouldn't just kill kill Ryan. Or actually, you know what? It would make sense why they didn't kill Ryan, because this is a kid's show. So they're not going to chop up his head in front of his uh, his wife. Yeah. They would, they would just kill him off screen. Yeah. They would just tell us in an episode. Just well, like they did with Danny. He was put to death or just insinuate. But I do think the fact that Luke, you know, manages to apparently convince the Guardian not to kill Ryan, but then tells Celine that's a secret, insinuates that the, the line that everybody else hears, that it's going to be told to everybody else, mm-hmm. is that Ryan has been put to death. And it's only Luke and the Guardian who know that he didn't actually put him to death, which I do think actually is in line with, for example, the guy who failed to identify that Lex and Bray weren't dead. Mm -hmm. It looked like he was being dragged off to be punished severely, but then we see him later as a Praetorian guard. So it, it, it speaks to that propaganda that the Guardian's all about. It's more about how it looks to everybody without them actually knowing the truth that he didn't actually punish this person. He actually promoted them. So <laughs> maybe that's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody else is told Ryan's been put to death and Celine would have been in that group of people believing that Ryan was put to death. But Luke out of compassion felt the need to let her know, no, he isn't dead. So hold on, you know, don't lose faith, but you can't talk about it. Can't say anything about it. I mean, it's just kind of annoying in a little way because like you've had the Bray escape, you've had Trudy escape, you've had that's all these things happen to get the gardens just it feels so what's the word? <laughs> Inept <laughs> and like no power, like all these massive things happen. He's just had another attempt on his life mm-hmm. after Ebony and then the rebels. It's like you know, there's no message being sent across. It's, I don't know. It just makes him look even weaker than ever. <laughs> it's really frustrating because, again, the Mallrats suffer zero consequences again. for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's not their fault, but that doesn't matter. They are imprisoned in this place. Mm-hmm. And if a second assassination attempt <laughs> came from the people who you're holding captive and barely watching and giving all the freedom in the world to just wander the first floor of the mall and one of them tries to kill you, I just don't understand why the rest of them aren't being punished to de- deter this inform- this behavior in future you know like i just don't get like they're not being questioned they're not being their rooms aren't being searched they themselves aren't being put under backbreaking, you know labor or even just being shipped away just anything i don't understand why they don't suffer any consequences no matter what the frick happens in this ball that's yeah that's what it feels like no matter what happens <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how many attempts I, I, in his life I, I think this is the one instance <laughs> where i can agree that the rest of them didn't need to suffer any consequences because it was Ryan's direct response to, you know, finding out he would never see his child. So with the way Ryan responded, it didn't seem planned, you know, it's different than them having someone spy. Like how many, like, yeah, I mean, you just mentioned it. How many attacks have, have come from the more rats? We've had the spy in, we've had the ebony attacks, we've had the Ryan's attack, we've had brain, truly. It's just like endless. Like, come on, at what point are you going to just admit these more rats are not? <laughs> right. And considering how unhinged the Guardian is, he's not interested in fairness. Yeah. He's not looking at this going, well, 
Ryan's situation was definitely isolated. I'm sure the <laughs> others had nothing to do with it. No, he's not being logical for Pete's sake. So the fact that they aren't being punished just because they're mall rats and Ryan was a mall rat. This was a guy who in the first three episodes would have punished everybody because Tyson wouldn't kneel down to him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I guess nobody gets to eat. That was his response. That was that fair? Oh, no, on that guy. Yeah. Right. He was just like he was like divide and conquer. So I will break you from the inside. Sure, it was an act Tyson did all on her own, but he made all of yeah. them pay for it, so they turn on her. So I just think it's strange that Ryan could do this, and the rest of the Marats nobody even talks to them. Nobody question. Nothing happens to them whatsoever. It's funny you should point that one out right now. Especially with what we'll see in this episode later for consequences for doing stuff and nobody eats. <laughs> see, okay, I'm watching this episode today and I'm thinking this is actually a good episode. Mm-hmm. I would put it in like the nice, decent category. Like when you think about the Rebels and good episodes of the season three this is the sort of episode that comes to mind Mm -hmm. there's a lot happening here the production value is great there's some fantastic shots some that are way more Mm. creative than they absolutely need to be and you're just like okay this is what you think of when you think of anything positive about season three and i'm just like why my question is what happened like okay (laughs) like what happened between that chunk of episodes where just there's no guarding. These mall rats are just meandering around their mall. There's no reason they should be prisoners. We do not see the chosen taking over the city. We don't see them oh, out yeah. there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this episode <laughs> is just like yeah. boom, 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 <laughs> nailing all the points. And I'm just like, what happened? What is going on behind the scenes? Literally, all those points we mentioned before in previous episodes. In this episode, you just—it's just like shown a light on like well, we see that are chosen out and about we see them guarding we see them like it's suddenly there on like, the, they're on the game this episode yeah. it's like what is going on this is episode 21 and you guys have been dropping the ball for like two dozen episodes like mm. what has been what what changed were they biding their time you know like production for example maybe they couldn't film in certain places like what were they waiting for that we had to slog through so many episodes of feeling like the chosen are not formidable they're not getting anything done and in this episode suddenly stuff just starts happening Mm -hmm. like what was happening what was going on (laughs) what the frick no i'm I'm glad you brought it up because yeah i noticed that immediately Like, there's some good stuff in this episode. And yeah. they're like, where has this been? Not like we changed writers or directors. So what's been going on behind the scenes? Yeah, that's the whole thing. The, yeah, the writers and directors, they're still the same block we're getting. It's just, yeah, weird. I don't know. <laughs> I wish it could stay this way. Let's join hands. No! I don't want to send them a message or karma or any of that. I want it back. I want Ryan back. Are you okay, Tyson? Celine's right. There's a time for reflection, and there's a time for action. So yeah, panel, let's break this down to little bits. Uh, yeah, what did you make of that discussion um, about Ryan? And later on, what did you think about Tyson? What do you think Tyson's uh, attitude meant there when she gave that note to the Guardian? Fine, I'll do him. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Have at it, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just. That that about sums up my thoughts on where Tyson's thoughts are 
But, okay, I'm not going to win him over this way. It's time for action. I think the conversation at the table with Celine is actually well done. And it's a shame because the story leading up to it isn't deserved of such a moment. You know what I mean? Like the conflict between Ryan and Celine was so flat and predictable and there was no depth given to Celine that her tears now, you don't care that she's going through this. Mm. Um, and it could have been a really good scene if they had written Celine as having genuine conflict mm -hmm. over what was happening and that you could believe she actually feels bad about it. If you could actually believe that she's upset about Ryan being taken away. Um, if, if they had written her with any sort of, um, well, maybe she has a point of view given here, but they didn't, they didn't do that. So this scene where Celine is supposed to be genuinely upset and trying to rationalize to herself that there is a way to get around this doesn't work because if Celine had perhaps tried to argue with Ryan and even, like I said, lie to him, tell him mm -hmm. a pretty lie. Like, don't worry, we're going to figure this out. I'm not going to let him take the baby from you. Then we could believe her here. But because she didn't do any of that, I feel nothing for her, you know? So it's like a really good moment between these guys. But the story that came before didn't earn this moment. See, I, I, I love the moment, but it's one of the few moments where my mind just goes, yay, Ellie. Um, I'm absolutely, I was like cheering age on. I was like, yeah. how dare you, Celine? <laughs> like, you, you don't even care that he's not even there. Mm -hmm. You care that you couldn't tell him sooner. Like, shut up, sorry. No. <laughs> I have no feeling for you whatsoever. And she doesn't even care that she didn't tell him sooner. All she cares about is that, oh, her husband's gone now. That's you like her safety blanket. Like nope. Her safety blanket's gone. <laughs> Because if I ignore everything else, again, I think this is a really good scene and it's well acted. Mm -hmm. I, even though, even though I'm thinking, what do you mean if you told him sooner? You mean the hour before May told him? Because it, it's not like there was a huge crunch of time, Celine, that you had to tell him the truth before he found out the truth. You know what I mean? So what do you mean if you told him sooner? You know, <laughs> but. I, I do like this moment of them sitting there and actually grappling with what happened to Ryan, mm -hmm. actually mm. giving it a moment of talking like we don't know what's happened to him. We saw him get dragged away and they're affected by it because they're never affected by this yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was True. grateful for that. And again, even though Celine's character can be crap, you know, Victoria is very good at playing her and, you know, even her just like her slap at Tyson. I don't want to hold hands. I don't want to send them energy or love. I just want Ryan back. It's a very realistic yeah. reaction to have, even though we know she doesn't genuinely care for Ryan. That selfish part of her clearly wants her security blanket back. Yeah. She's clearly upset. So I do like the scene, you know, in an isolation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's actually a really well done scene if you ignore the build up to the scene. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that little part towards Tyson with a, I don't want to hold hands or send anyone any energy. Come on, it's I did agree with her on that. It's it's just it's not the time for happy think happy thoughts. It's the time for action. Too bad Celine won't take any, but still, I do like that. That is a catalyst for Tyson. 
she's genuinely upset that another one of them have been taken away. And um, again, I wish Chloe and Patsy had gotten this attention, but mm-hmm. say la vie, we're, we're past that. Let's pretend they got this kind of attention. Let's pretend everyone was affected by them. And this is just one more person taken from them. I like that it's a catalyst that pushes Tysan yeah. to go from passively trying to win the Guardian over, you know, by using his attraction to her, to deciding I'm going to actively, I'm going to actively possess this man. Because Celine's not wrong. Like, your good vibes haven't gotten us anywhere. Maybe even though she's a hypocrite, but she's not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, good mm-hmm. vibes haven't gotten you guys anywhere. <laughs> Nothing you've done has gotten you anywhere. <laughs> Just go out the sewer entry. <laughs> No, no, no. We we mustn't forget this is Alice's mom, so um, they're not going oh, yeah. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that line made me laugh. I, mm. <laughs> I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> get to it, we get to it! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was a great scene. Great scene, great acting. Um, I think the chemistry is officially there with these actors, now that they've had time with each other since season two and, and, and now. It's great to see. Mm-hmm. I really love how um, you know when Ellie calls Celine out. That how do you how do you think Ryan was supposed to respond? Do you really think he would have responded any differently if you told him twenty minutes earlier? Like, do you really think that that would have changed how he felt hearing that freaking information? And Celine, who is grasping at straws for anyone to blame outside of herself. And, you know, she, like, narrows her eyes at Ellie and is like, I expect you to say something like that. And Alice is like, you can't put this on us, Celine. We're not the ones wearing the pale yellow (laughs) cardigan. We're not the ones trying to play the Chosen's game. We didn't do this to you. You know, I I love that. I, Mm -hmm. I love it because Celine doesn't have anyone she can point fingers at, but she's so desperate to blame anybody but herself how things have gone yeah and she's just like it could we would have worked it out we could have made it work <laughs> that desperate denial she's in mm-hmm. like well done vicky you did a great job acting this hi san in that oh, moment yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry yeah, I was, I'm, I'm looking at the notes and i'm like oh right Tyson. <laughs> um i found it interesting that Tyson, who'd never believed in monogamy you know like that just wasn't her thing it wasn't her bag and you know more of a free love kind of person when she chose to settle down with lex she adopted it mm-hmm. you know like when she and lex had their he was able to translate what it is to love someone and you know in a way that she'd get it and you know it's like i don't want to see you with anybody else and i don't want to be with anybody else. you know that conversation they had she took it to heart she really did so the fact that she's like before, I think this is a line in the sand for her. I don't think she was willing to sleep with the guardian before. I think she was willing to flirt with him, you know, indulge his attraction to her. But this is a moment where she's like, I'm gonna F him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. whatever it takes, I'm gonna ride his him to Baltimore. That's what she has decided. <laughs> and she seems genuinely regretful. Because she, she does, yeah. 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 Like I had decided to be faithful to the man I love and I'm breaking my vows to him. Like really breaking my vows. I'm not just flirting with somebody. It's not questionable. I am going to act on this if it means saving one more person from being taken by the chosen. 
And I was like, wow, that's, that's an interesting development yeah. for her. And it's a huge contrast to her husband who, where I believe he loves her. He still doesn't believe that that's how it works. <laughs> not for the, not for the male in the relationship. Right? <laughs> Had Ebony said yes in the backseat of that car, he totally would have. Poor Casey, poor Casey in the the you know the cabinet. What he would have heard. So I just thought that was a really neat in you know moment for her and her yeah, development. Yeah, no, yeah. Like she was like, I am a this is the guy, and there won't be anybody else. And in this moment, she's like, I'm actually going to do this, and I feel terrible, but it has to be done. And she and she's specifically thinking about how she hurt him in the past. Mm -hmm. That's what her memory is of her him telling her, "You hurt me," you know, and that she was genuinely sorry for having done that. And yet she's about to do it again for the you know quote unquote greater good. I thought that was a really cool character moment for her. Yeah, to be fair, I had totally forgotten about this moment until this rewatch, and it absolutely makes me think less bad of Tyson. Wow, high praise. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'd completely forgotten the fact that she just had that little moment of you know, reflection before she did stuff. And, it was good. and for me, I had forgotten that this is the moment where she's resolute to actually be physically intimate mm -hmm. with the Guardian. Whereas before, before she was just indulging him, mm -hmm. flirting with him, you know, stuff like that. And this moment makes you realize, oh, wow, she wasn't willing to take that step until now mm -hmm. yeah. and be the aggressor to get them there. You know, she was just more like diverting his attention, you know? Mm -hmm. And now she's like, no action must be taken because we've just lost another one of our family and it's got to stop. Gosh. Yeah. We've lost three one whites in quick succession. It's like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just dropping like flies. Yeah. Again, just a shame that only Tysan seems to be marginally affected by it. Everyone else is like, yeah, mm. <laughs> after a moment. A nice like moment, she, but then nothing. She's, she's really upset. She feels mm. terrible for C Celine, you know what I mean? And feels bad that she wasn't able to do anything about it earlier, you know? And it's mm. the linchpin as to why she makes her decision. Seeing Celine so distraught, Celine rejecting her comfort is what snaps Tysan into a place of yep. whatever it takes. Screw my marriage vows. This needs to be done because I don't want to see any more of my family feeling this way. Like, wow, you've come a long way, girl. Yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. you're going to tip right over the edge yeah. and make me hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the real bag. Sometimes you got to let the big fish go, Tysan. <laughs> yeah, it goes a bit too extreme on the other end. That seesaw tips all the way over. Jeez. Our intentions are good. Ah. <laughs> Alright, we're going to have to go back to our nice little family, Ned, Andy, and Tally. What are you asking? Well, I'm sure we can come to some arrangement. How about, uh, let's see, one of those bikes, a full tank of petrol, and if you could throw in some rations for the kids, I'd be very grateful. How's this? We take you, and your family, and your slave, and in return, you all get to serve the Great Ones. Now, does that seem fair? 
Okay, panel, let's break this down. Like, what do you think of the family's introduction to the mall? Um, prior backing down from this fight and his decision to not actually reveal what they did to him. So much to say, somebody go first. Jeez. <sighs> um, I think... It, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andy and Tally, I really do love, but I just can't stand Ned. Um, but I think that's more of a credit towards the actor and how annoying he is. I think he did a really good job, but in terms of their introduction to the mall, um, I think it says a lot about pride, uh, especially coming from the eco tribe and how he's such a, I guess he's above the negativity. And I felt like maybe, I don't know, maybe this would be a stretch, but I thought maybe I kind of thought like before the virus, he kind of dealt with people like Ned before. So now he's kind of, I don't know, more mature uh, about it, but I don't know. I like how he handled it. Mm, okay. Mm, I, yeah, I I like pride, not you know, giving Ned the satisfaction of getting punched. I guess. Um, <laughs> not reacting to the troll. <laughs> yeah, it's because that's how you annoy the troll by not reacting to mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I just I actually did like the scene of you know them being introduced into the mall and I love that little tiny bit between the twins where Alice is there and Alice starts speaking and you hear Tally mumbling something like now we're in trouble like as if they're they weren't in trouble by getting taken by the chosen no they get in trouble when Alice is standing in front of them it's what it was weird though that scene like, these are slaves, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just remember that. Let's just yeah. rewind, rewind yeah. back. These are slaves. These are slaves. Alice comes storming in. What are you doing in my mood? I'm like, what? <laughs> Have you guys forgotten what was going on in the background here? <laughs> for, for me, that just Tally's response to that with, with, oh, we're in trouble now when Alice comes storming out, <laughs> it just gave me that little gut feeling that, okay, maybe Alice reminds you of your mom. You know of of what that used to be like. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the only thing I could think of. You know, with a oh, maybe see see things like oh, we're gonna get it now. Again, feels like such a great scene if you ignore the setup <laughs> to the scene. You know what I mean? Like if you forget that we haven't seen any guards in the mall, we haven't seen any other slaves in the mall. There's been no setup for why slaves would be brought to the mall. If you can ignore all of that is a decent scenes, you know, but it's hard to, because we literally analyze them one at a time. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I felt like Carlin when I'm first seeing um, the twins uh, and they're dragging (laughs) pride on the chain, carrying all their stuff. I loved it. And then Ned started talking and I was like, I hate this. Right. (laughs) But I will say there's a little bit of fun banter between Ned pride, the twins. Um, It would help again, if we knew what was going through pride's head, because it is so clear at this point, pride is not interested in escaping this trio. Mm -hmm. It, It does not feel in any way that he's resisting them or like disturbed by the fact that they have him captured. So knowing that he has a bigger plan or, you know, just anything, a different motivation would have gone a long way 
as yeah. to wondering why he's still with this trio because he's really just trolling them. He's just having fun poking mm-hmm. the bear with this trio. He doesn't seem threatened or bothered that he's carrying their crap and being carted around like a dog on a leash by a little girl. You know, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> seem upset about this at all. So knowing what Pride's thinking would have helped definitely in that. I like the exchange between Ned and the Chosen. I will give the actor a lot of mm-hmm. credit because he goes from being really blustery to immediately realizing he's in over his head, out of his depth, and just wants to get his brother and sister away from this quickly. Doesn't go in his favor. I love Pride's line. Aren't you going to shake on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, Pride is just so at ease. You would think the whole time his goal had been to get taken to the mall. Because he's just, that's his attitude this whole time. Like, this is how I saw it going. And this is what I wanted. You know, and again, we get into the mall. Let's forget that everything up until this point has not set this up, but fine. They take slaves to the mall and the guards are back and whatever. Because <laughs> my brain is screaming, why were they taken to the mall? Anyway, <laughs> I, I do like some parts of this setup. I do agree. I like seeing Pride be the bigger man. I think just story-wise, it is a really nice setup to the moment he finally breaks with Ned and puts him in his mm-hmm. place later. That's nice because we know he can put Ned in his place, but mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. around him doesn't. So it's really nice watching and wondering why isn't he doing anything about Ned's big flapping mouth, you know, <laughs> but he's, he is better than Ned. He knows it. He doesn't have Ned's insecurities. He doesn't need to prove himself to this guy. He's got a different agenda. I wish we knew what the agenda was, yeah. but, <laughs> and yeah, like, m- Alice just marching in at the arrival of slaves like this. <laughs> but I did like Tally's reaction to yeah. it. Especially, I really do. I think it said something about the the trio and their upbringing. One, like you said, they're not bothered to be enslaved. Like, they're not bothered at all. Like, mm-hmm. Ned, the only time you see him bothered is if someone tries to touch one of the twins. It's the only time he gets agitated and doesn't quite know what to do except make threats otherwise he's you know his jovial goofy idiotic self you know putting on a play putting on a performance all the time but the minute you try to touch his brother or sister that's when you can see he feels threatened and is Mm -hmm. willing to do something so i I do like that says something about them and their dynamic they're used to being in trouble but they're you the kids are used to their brother getting them out of it and i think maybe for Tally and Andy, they've seen so many males bullying them in this world mm-hmm. that it's only when a female came in with some authority that they felt a genuine threat of like, we better behave. We don't see this all the time. You know what I mean? Like there was just something mm-hmm. about Alice that made them be like, oh boy. Because Tally wasn't afraid of anybody until <laughs> Alice came into the picture. That's why my brain instantly went to mind of these kids of their mom. Yeah. You know, I, if I think about the twins and what what their mother could have looked like, especially with Ned as a brother, someone like Alice would come to mind. And someone with Alice's attitude would come to mind. Yeah, that would make sense too, with their genetics. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really like that moment. 
just okay. We have Alice in front of us now. Uh oh. No, you make a good point about yeah, what, what she what they're probably feeling. It's just I wish it was framed better. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I said, like I wish this had been built to better. So we'd be like, oh yeah, of course. We know slaves get taken to the mall. This is normal. This is common. But we're just like, I'm just like, where did this come from? Why yeah. are you brought it's here again? I'm still wondering why the mall rats are being held here. Because so. we we have seen some slaves at the mall, just not a lot. In the very beginning, there were some mm. slaves no, in the mall. No, no, and- no. Um, a little while ago, when Casey was, you know, bragging about being close to the Guardian, there were other slaves. In those were the those were ac- those were oh, acolytes. Yeah, yeah acolytes. So they they're not slaves. Those mm. are. They, it makes sense for them to be there yeah, if they're enough. taking the classes and stuff like that. But no, there haven't been any other slaves for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like I I don't know why, but I have to keep ignoring that so I can appreciate the scene for mm-hmm. what it is. And I really I will say I'm going to give a shout out to the direction. That scene when Ned's talking to the Chosen and trying to sell Pride mm-hmm. is way more creative than it has any right to be. They yeah. focus on a guy riding a motorcycle yeah, mm-hmm. as they pan in. I was like, okay, where has the production value been all this time? Why this episode suddenly? What Were you saving your pennies for this episode? Like, what was going on behind the scenes? Because this is well shot. This is creative and thoughtful. The framing, everything. So, like, what what happened the last 15 episodes? No idea. Honestly, yeah, it was such a good scene. Um, (laughs) No idea what happened. Like, we're outside. Of course, there's extras. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What's happening? And, and, And even Ned just referring back to, oh, but in the time of the loco, this is what, what a slave would go for. Mm-hmm. Even little things like that. With, you know, the reference of how he used to do that. So apparently he used to, he did that before. Yeah. And I like that Chosen. What I don't know what that Chosen's name is, but he chew, he hams it up every time <laughs> he gets to be in a scene. And he is having the time of his life being a terrible person. And I'm like, good for you. You are living your best life <laughs> as a chosen minion. <laughs> He's having a little too much fun in this scene. I love his chosen eye shadow and everything. I was like, what happened to the budget? It just, they collected all their pennies and they were like, busted open. <laughs> we got makeup and extras. This is the first time we see um, um, chosen bikes, is it? He wasn't even a chosen on the bike. He was just somebody in the city. That's what's amazing mm-hmm. about it. I oh, know they have <laughs> um, the chosen hand symbol on the on the both yeah. bikes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. The extras it's in this are yeah. amazing. <laughs> I was Where like, have you all been? Yeah. Even in the scene there on with Casey, like they have them all men about. It's like wow, in the background. Three, like, there are three dog walkers in the back guy, background, guys. Where was this before? <laughs> Where were all these people before? It suddenly feels alive. Like never had this for how many episodes, and all of a sudden, the like, city feels alive again. Like wow, they took up a collection, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they sold enough CDs and. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, just to finish that off, like, what do you make of Pry's decision not to reveal actually what Ned, Andy, and Tally have been actually doing to him? Again, I just wish we knew like what was going on in Pry's head. 
like overall as adults we can speculate that that's just not pride that's not him you know what i mean he looks at them as just three people trying to survive and it's no point and starting them off on the wrong foot with the mall rats maybe he's trying to deflect attention off of himself because he has an agenda but because we're not we're mm-hmm. not given any insight into what pride's agenda is you're just left going huh yeah, I, you have to just speculate for yourself what your head canon is, what Pride's doing, and I, I just wish we got some insight as to what Pride was thinking that he would go along with this trio, not try to get away, even though he clearly could. He could overpower Ned. He could bunt those kids across the woods. Whatever he needed to do, he could easily get away from all of them, and he chose not to. Wasn't bothered by any of this that's happening. And then chooses not to say that they're slave traders so that they can get in easier with the mall rats. I just wish that there'd been a conversation from Pride that it was more about, look, I have an agenda. I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, you know, and this was, I wanted to get here, whatever reason, blah, blah, blah. I don't even care if it was something stupid, like Amber gave me a secret mission, just something as to what you were thinking through this whole thing, mm. Pride. Mm, yeah. Because otherwise, it's just like he's just a ping pong ball. And he just kind of goes with the flow. You know what I mean? I don't know. For me, to, to me, it always felt like Pride is exactly where he wants to be. And obviously, where he wants to be is nowhere near Bray. Um, because, you know, that's where the woman he loves wanted him to go. And I, I don't know. It, it To me, it just felt like Pride just watched what was happening, went with, okay, going to the mall, yeah, I can see some use in going to the mall. Let's go with it, and let's see what happens, because he knows he can escape that mall at any time, because he's been in the building before. And he knows there's no guards in the sewers. (laughs) He knows he can get get away when he wants to, so, um, yeah, I I think he just figured it's a good way to find out what's going on on the inside. And that would have been great if we knew that's what he was doing. Yep. I would have loved a line of dialogue that either Amber sent him on this mission mm-hmm. or he decided for himself. I think it probably would make more sense if he decided yeah. for himself to mm-hmm. do this. Um, even if it was just because I cannot be around Bray and his gorgeous head of hair anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I I can't do this with them, but I will contribute to this rebellion in any way that can help Amber and get my people home but I'm going to do it my way. Just anything to give him some autonomy. He, even if the thought that went through his head, I mean, he did end up having to drag Trudy all the way to Amber. Even if his thought had just been, okay, let's see what I can do to fetch that kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, if that was it, that would be so cool. But we don't know. It just seems like he kind of falls in into, uh, you know whatever happens and he just lucked out that he was brought to the mall because the trio yeah. of no soul gingers caught him he could and have been that's taken why anywhere. he's like, there yeah. it's just odd <laughs> and it diminishes pride because he's clearly much more methodical that from the start because pride was willing to starve out the mall rats to defeat the chosen mm-hmm. he thinks you know what i mean like he thinks about this stuff and when he what he does later shows that he actually has a take-no-prisoners kind of attitude about some stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, just give him an agenda of purpose to what he's doing, please. I, I think my brain just now really has just decided that 
for now, I'm going going to go with finally someone cares about that baby and wants to fetch her. <laughs> I know. Is Maeve still watching her? <laughs> um, uh, she's crawling around. Not. She's just crawling. She has a lot of free around. time. I don't know what May's official designation is now because she is out in that mall constantly. How is she mining the yeah. <laughs> divine child? <laughs> How oh. is that working? That That's what playpens are for. <laughs> also, <laughs> pages. She's a slave. She's not even an acolyte. That's her only role. Like She what? doesn't take any classes. She's not in any of the circles. <laughs> but she just has free role she, to she, do whatever she wants. She, she goes outside because the divine child needs new clothes. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> she goes out in her like rebel gear, not even in chosen like what? <laughs> like okay, so Celine is in a vest. She's in a vest like Patsy and Chloe were. Yeah. And and Maya's got a cape because she's that important. <laughs> and yet, where's the baby? <laughs> she she should be attached to you like a fanny pack. I don't know why that the minder of the the divine child is allowed to mingle with the slaves so freely mm. and whenever she wants. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's you know you just leave them all constantly for hours on end. I like mean, who's what? watching the baby? Yeah, who's watching the baby during this time? <laughs> well, we'll find out. You... We'll find out later. <laughs> you wanted this job so bad. <laughs> oh, oh man. I mean, but yeah, that's an excellent segue into the continue with May because May meets with the rebels upon which she shares news of Ryan's fate. Hey, isn't there someone missing? Dal. Oh yeah, Dal. Is he with Amber then? He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, and it's all your fault. You betrayed us to the Chosen. I did it to survive. Anyway, who are you to talk, Lex? Don't try and tell me you've never betrayed anyone before. What's done is done, okay? May's here now. That's all that counts. So yeah, uh, what do you make of May and her place among the rebels? Um, the reminder of her role in Dal's death. And like, do you think she got off it a bit too lightly? I, th- I think she did. But in Bray's defense, I do understand why there's really no point arguing about it now. Not right now. Like... They need a spy. They need someone who's willing to put their life on the line, sneak out of the ball, give them important, you know, useful information. And grilling her over Dal, who Bray didn't give a crap about, isn't going to do them any good right now. You know, um, maybe it would have been a more interesting scene if Amber were there and could have a go at her, but she's not. So the, it's, you know, I, I do get why he's like, look, there's no point. And talking about this right now yeah. you know um he's still looking for his dead girlfriend well you know you know what i mean it's just like there's too much going on i get it but yes i think she got off way too easy for her part in dal's death mm-hmm. mm. but i get why they don't go into it yeah you know it's, it's just this it's not the time and it's not going to change anything you know we uh, want her to remain useful yeah exactly we can tar and feather her later which Lex will do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do get it, but I totally agree. She gets off way too easy right now for the what she... Because it's not just... Dal did die, but all of them could have. 
that was a messed up ambush and any of them could have died during that. So anger at her for that is completely justified and valid and not wanting to trust her also valid and reminding her of it, especially when she's like, hey, Dal, like, are you freaking serious? He's dead because of you. And she's not even remorseful for it. She's just like, look, I did what I had to do. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Not even, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that would happen. You know what I mean? I thought they were just going to catch you guys or whatever. She doesn't even care that Dal's dead. Just, oh, oh that sucks. Whatevs, you know, and she got off easy. But I do get why they're just like, look, this isn't the time. This isn't the time. Yeah, it's definitely not the time. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's justified for for them to, to act that way towards May. But um, I guess it doesn't really help in the long run. Because this is just a stepping stone in why she never really felt like she was a part of the mall rats. Jumping off of that, I really do like the way May responds to that that praise. Because it's just very in character for May, like of wanting to be a part of a group, but because Mm -hmm. of her own personality, she screws herself over with every group she's a part of, you know, and, you know, she is happy that she was able to contribute something and, you know, at risk to herself. Because let's not forget, she is putting herself at risk. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's for her own self-interest. She doesn't want to be with the Chosen anymore. They've taken Chloe, Patsy, now Ryan. She wants to be with the winning team. Doesn't change the fact that what she's doing is super dangerous and she could be next on the chopping block. So them telling her, you did a good job. It makes sense that she would be like, oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I didn't get enough love from my dad. He wasn't there. So (laughs) thank you so much for telling me I did a good job. (laughs) And um, you just gave her. Especially someone like Bray. Right. Exactly. Bray is the kind of guy who is out of her league. He's the kind of guy who would never look at her. And he's telling her, you did a great job. And she's like, (laughs) thanks. Sorry, I'm just, you're saying who would never look at her? And my moment where Amber first saw May and asked, is this her? Is this Danny? And Bray's like, ew, no. No, it's just May. (laughs) Not even May, it's just May. Mm -hmm. Like, ew, gross, no. She does like his approval. She wants his mm-hmm. approval, you know? And so, yeah, it was a smart move on Bray's part. I will give him kudos. Smart, like, smart decision-making as a leader to not indulge this argument and to make sure you're praising the person who is bringing you dangerous information that could get them killed so they'll still want to do it. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you, Bray, for keeping your eye on the ball and keeping people focused. Totally get where you're coming from, Lex. hmm Because, you know, Lex, he's done some messed up stuff in his own way, but betraying his tribe isn't something he's done since season one, and he's never done it again. So for him, it's an irreconcilable crime, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a good scene. I'm going to say that. I do like this scene. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. I like the energy, the dynamic between everybody and... For me, May, May steals the show. Once again, Laura Wilson just wins the episode because I freaking love her in this episode so much. You're, I'm like, you're so slimy and I freaking love you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, 
I just have to say, I'm so glad they brought up Daldo. Yeah. Mm. And that they didn't just let that slide and ignored it. Weird that this is an episode where they're acting like these disappearances actually matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> they have a moment to sit at a table and lament Ryan being taken away. Dal gets mentioned. Like, oh my gosh, it matters when these things happen. It's just mad, yeah. <laughs> Could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah, everyone just feels very human, you know? They feel like they're yeah. being affected mm-hmm. by what's been happening in their world and are responding accordingly to what's been happening to them. Don't know what happened the last 10 episodes, but <laughs> thank you, writers, for throwing us a freaking bone. <laughs> Though I will say, okay, I'm going to be that person. This is, I'm, still, I'm still just like, you guys needed this map. You really needed this map. You couldn't just follow these chosen. But see, in this episode, it makes it feel like they couldn't follow the chosen because they're everywhere and they get caught. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, they did need a map so they would know where they should stake out and be able to get there stealthily. But up until this episode, you don't feel like they needed this map in the first place, you know? And then all of a sudden, it all comes together in this episode. And you're just like... yeah, I, I still, I should not think about that for much too long. Because if I think back to season one, Ebony knew everything that was going on. And we were led to believe that Bray knew where to find whatever it is she had to find. So how would they not have known where those fuel depots and stuff were? Bray used to go around on a skateboard just checking out places that might have something and mm-hmm. not get caught. And yet here they are in season three, like, we're just shooting in the dark. We need someone to point us in the right direction. And it's like, (laughs) seriously? Yeah, he's been hit on his head too many times. (laughs) That is true. He's had a lot of concussions. A lot of them. It's just nice. It's nice that the rebels have a direction. They're fused together. The dynamic between Bray, Ebony, and Lex is golden. And that's why Pride's not there. He ruins their dynamic. That's why he's been shipped off to go seduce all the women in the mall. I'm telling you, that's why they got him out of there. Because these three together are fantastic. They are, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, it's just nice to see them have a plan, start moving forward. They got somewhere to go. Even the silly conversation, you know, made, she writes down, she traced the whole map. She wrote down all the initials and them just talking about, what do you think this means? We have to check out all of these places because these initials could mean anything, you know? Yeah, that was cute. I like that. <laughs> then work working out what each symbols mean. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I was like, okay, finally, you're giving them something that yeah. <laughs> means they'll live up to their friggin' name of being the rebels. And I'm just like, it would be different if there was like a different director or a different writer. But because it's the same team, I'm just like, what was hampering you guys? I want to know who was stopping you from doing good storytelling. (laughs) Tell us who hurt you. (laughs) Oh, I did forget to mention, sorry, May with pride. (laughs) I'm not a May pride shipper, but again... I really do love Laura Wilson and I love the scene between the two of them. This is absolutely adorable. Uh, it's the it's a very it's very meat cute. <laughs> I love when she tells him I'm a spy. I like the like the scene where 
Tysan recognizes him, mm-hmm. but she's not sure she recognizes him because she saw him in the middle of the night that time the rebels broke in, all that it was really chaotic. In Right, and she's like, "Do I recognize- <laughs> have I met you before?" And then May slides in real quick, and you know, I love how all of that is played, <laughs> and the way she's flirt with him and tells him, "I'm a spy," and he's just like, "For the chosen." Like, <laughs> oh my! God. Did they? Did they? Did you lose brain cells when they cut your hair off, Brad? That's hilarious. <laughs> so well delivered, so well played. Love it, love it. Just wanted to say that. Pride needs to stop making those eyes at women he doesn't want to be with, okay? <laughs> He's just as bad as Bray with not being able to read females. <laughs> no, that's true. Because he's, he's making the bedroom eyes at May, and then has the nerve to be like, she fell for me? What? <laughs> Pride, cut it out. Oh, well, he's learned from Bray that that's how it works. All right, let's take a quick side detour. These are Zoot's goggles. He actually wore them. Do you know how much the Chosen would give to get their hands on these? I don't have much to trade. I'm sure we could make a deal. I mean, yeah, would you make of Casey's little scams here? <sighs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it reminds me of um, season two. I forgot what the episode's called because they never name their freaking episodes, but... It was like when he had that watch. They, they were selling watches or something. And the sunglasses. And yeah, yeah, sunglasses. And there was just no point to it. There's no point to it at all. And just like this episode, it just feels out of place. I don't know why they keep doing that with Casey. I will agree with you, Carlin. I did feel the same way watching this today. That even though this is very Casey, it's what they always give him to do. It does feel a little out of place considering everything that's happened, Mm -hmm. that this is all he's doing. Just once again, the same kind of scams he was doing before The Chosen took over, before he even became a mall rat. You know, just the same thing over and over again. I mean, I'm glad they gave him something to do, but I agree with Carlin. It feels a little out of place. I feel like they could have given Casey something else to do, some other kind of directive. Uh, like he could still be scamming people, but with a different purpose rather than just, I like those shoes. I like that ring. You know what I mean? If Casey was doing this for a different reason to gain something more than just some trivial possessions that don't mean anything, that would have been really cool. But it feels a little bit like busy work. Granted, it's entertaining busy work because this poor kid has been given nothing to do inside the mall, but like, Carlin says it just feels out of place given everything these guys have been through that that's all he wants to do. I think to me it was you know what it felt to me that Casey was just doing something that was you know comfortable for him or well comfortable familiar just you know something he was always good at and gives him something to do and keeps him from being bored. But it definitely feels like the many times that they gave the kids something to do that had nothing to do with the greater overall plot, as if they're not affected by the greater overall plot. And honestly, the kids would be the most affected Mm -hmm. by the overall plot. They're the ones who suffer the most because of their youth and how um, impressionable they are, how this stuff is shaping them. And it's like, again, you could still have Casey doing this. 
but with a greater goal in mind. The, the main goal it has in my mind for Casey right now is just, it's, you know, because it's something that familiar to him, it's a comforting thing to do. Yeah, I get that. I'm just saying that the writers could have done more with his character. Like it still could be comfortable yeah. even if he was working towards a greater goal. Since we have seen Casey be willing to do things for a greater goal. Casey has scammed people to feed his family. Mm -hmm. He has scammed people to free his family, to protect his family. Those were greater goals with Casey doing the thing he's most familiar and comfortable with doing. So this just feels very empty. That his only goal is to get crap that doesn't matter, you know? And I just feel like Casey, who is so upset about Chloe being taken away, and I don't even know if he still found out about Patsy. I have no idea. It doesn't seem to be on his radar. Mm. You could have had him doing this, but with a greater goal in mind. He could be scamming people for stuff to give his rebel friends so that they can fight the chosen. Just anything. Just mm -hmm. using his tools to help fight these chosen. But any interest in fighting the chosen is gone for Casey. You know, and I'm just I'm just with Carlin. It it makes it feel a bit out of place. Like you're just giving him busy work. It's not it's out of tone with what's going on in the world. And you could have done something because Casey's at his best when he's scamming to protect his family, stealing keys that would unlock their chains in the hopes that his family would escape with him. You know, just stuff like that. That's Casey at his best, you know, and this there's no point to what he's doing. He's just keeping busy, which is great, but there's no point to it. So these are good scenes. I like the way they're filmed. Again, the direction. Wow. <laughs> nicely done guys i love it love this i love the shots just wish there was more of a point to why casey was doing this that's all because he's not trying to help anybody and i i get why i you know what i mean like why should he help these people but yeah i don't know just, it's just... just wish he was that's all <laughs> you know wish he had a bigger plan that's all you know, for, for me it's just you know the part where I think it's comfortable for him, it's more, it's comforting to him. It's something to do that he's good at that distracts him for that moment of what's been going on with Ryan and everything. That would be great if he showed that he cared. Like, if he actually had a response to Ryan being taken, then that would be great if this was his coping mechanism. But they're not letting Casey have a response to finding out Ryan has been taken. They're not allowing Casey to show how he feels about that. He asked Ryan to escape with him. He gave Ryan the key. He attacked the guardian. And now, as far as they know, he's been executed. Mm -hmm. And Casey has no response to that. Let us see that Casey is upset by that, and this is his coping mechanism to not care and to just scam people to take care of himself. That would work, but they won't even give it to us. So as far as we know, Casey doesn't give a crap. We don't even know if Casey is aware of what happened. And I just wish we did. <laughs> That's all. Everything could stay the same 
just show that he's upset about Kate, you know, Ryan. He heard about Ryan. Have him at the table with the others and then storm out, you know? And then you see him doing his scams. You could put two and two together. He's responding to that. And this is how he's coping, you know? Like he did in season one with the virus coming back. What did Casey do? He freaked out, got scared, decided to run to the gambling halls to gamble, mm-hmm. to hide from reality. We understood that's what he was doing because he was having a response to what was going on. And that's all you had to do here. All right. Um, that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. Ebony, no! Bray drove the van, he's still in there! Bray! So yeah, what did you make of the Rebels' actions and the final cliffhanger scene? <laughs> I love it. Ooh, they can do something, yay! Even the dumb moments, I freaking love it. I love everything about this. This is what I think about when I think, is there anything I like about season three? It's this episode! <laughs> oh, that one braid of brace just hanging out of that chosen. It gave him such a Jedi vibe. I just. It did. Yeah! He's so Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi. These are not the joys you're looking for. <laughs> we are not the rebels you are looking for. I I love everything about this scene. I really, really do. I agree that the you know fight choreography is actually decent. I love the setup. I love that we're outside. I love the way they're bantering and working together. I love everything. I even love the fact that the Chosen's habit of not looking at anything, it takes them a while to actually look at this Chosen Guard and realize, like, wait a minute, you know? I love everything about this. <laughs> And then, ah, that that little ending with Ebony. What did you do? Bray's still in there, you idiot. Great cliffhanger! Great cliffhanger! Bray should have totally died. Should have totally died. (laughs) He is surrounded by barrels of petrol. Yeah, my God, lines. Find everywhere. There's no way he could get out of there fast enough. And then out of everyone, anyone who could have lit that fire, it being Ebony. Mm. I love it. She was so eager Mm -hmm. to get stuff done. I even love that conversation they have where Bray's like, "Well, you know, call me an idiot, but I've never blown up a petrol place before." (laughs) And Ebony and Lex are like, "Yeah, oh, we know how. We know how to do it." We know how to do it. <laughs> Might have done it a few times in our past, yeah. It's done it. <laughs> like, whoa, I want to see that flashback. Uh, they, they, they just, they share that look of, Bray, you're so innocent. <laughs> oh, Bray. I love it. I love even the cheesy moment where they introduce themselves to an unconscious oh, guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very cheesy. I love it. And I'm Lex. (laughs) (laughs) And with our powers combined. (laughs) It it just worked, though. Yeah, it was cheesy, but it worked. It does. It worked. (laughs) It's so brilliant. I love it. They are great together. They are. They're (laughs) so great. Yeah, I I don't have a single complaint about the Rebels this episode. Um, 
everything, everything. They're getting stuff done. They're finally getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. I, even their little moments of contention where Lex is like, well, we need to separate. And Bray's like, look, we agreed to this, guys. You know, and Ebony's like, Bray's right. You know, I just ah, love it. Love it. Bray's cockiness as he's distracting the guards in the van and Lex in the background, very quickly siphoning gas because mm-hmm. you know he's done this before. Yep. Ah! <laughs> Ebony distracting the guards like, oh my gosh, I'm so lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new in town. <laughs> yeah, it all worked very it's well. It's perfect. <laughs> this is what I came for. This kind of quality entertainment. Ah, uh, perfect. Great cliffhanger. Love it. I don't know what made them get their act together for this episode, but it's pretty damn good. Yeah, and a pretty dramatic cliffhanger. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, bringing getting out of that building. Not without looking like Freddy Krueger or Wade Wilson. He's going to be a mess. Mm, yeah. Good episode. Yeah. <laughs> good episode. It's fun stakes, too. Because, I mean, at this point, you're thinking, Bray isn't going to die. You know? Like, I, I wasn't thinking, oh, my gosh, they're going to kill Bray. Not now. You know what I mean? Things have just starting to heat up. They're not killing him. But it's still, you know, fun. Mm-hmm. Fun high stakes. You know? And... <laughs> Oh, they're they're not killing Bray because they brought Amber back, but now Amber is out That's... of picture for a bit again. So maybe they can kill Bray. <laughs> <laughs> it's also really nice to see the rebels doing something that puts them in danger. You know, for once, like really puts them in danger. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that in quite a while. The rebels have stayed low. For I mean, Lex is literally wandering in and out of the mall to see his wife whenever he felt like it. There was no risk to him. They kept trying to say there was, but mm. come on. Did you believe he was actually in danger? Like, seriously. So this is this is nice. It's a nice elevated tension that something could go wrong. Especially once you start lighting flames around petrol. <laughs> With people in a van. And people yeah. in a van. <laughs> and polyester robes. It's so flammable. <laughs> <laughs> And I love, like, I'm just looking at them, like, they look so good together because you can actually get some really nice, like, full shots of their outfits. I love Lex's pants and Bray's apron. And I just think they look amazing. <laughs> They're hiding that weird knit top Bray, you know, wears under the leather coat. They look good. They look fantastic. All right, cool. Uh, that brings Series 3, Episode 21 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if I take part in the future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page, on our website, or on Instagram, the UK. So we'll see you next time for episode 22. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.